Hello, and welcome back to the Galdercast. Background audio for this episode is brought to you by Sirenscape, a great source for amazing atmosphere and music. You can check them out at sirenscape.com. Music comes from Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com and Darren Curtis at DarrenCurtisMusic.com. Licensed under Creative Commons Attributions Licenses 3.0 and 4.0 respectively. Additional music from Arcane Anthems. You can support them at Patreon.com slash Arcane Anthems. Now, on to today's episode of Galdercast. Last we left off, Smiley and Karisu had been confronting the soldiers, Foss and Tretler, about the fact that their cart in the convoy contained living people. And that, prisoners or not, they needed to be let out in order for the convoy to survive the rest of the journey. The soldiers denied such a claim and took out their weapons, ready for a fight to protect the cargo that they may or may not be fully aware of. Finn Misty stepped into the cart and unleashed an Eldritch Blast to alert the soldiers to the prisoners. Combat erupts. Smiley has the first strike, but the soldier's armor proves sturdy, and his hit fails to connect. Karisu knocks Foss to the ground, attempting some semblance of diplomacy, telling him to stay down. Crisis and the four-cart soldier Groibel run into the skirmish, with Sigmund providing support from the back by casting Fairy Fire. The third-cart soldier, Dubin, maintains his inactive status and doesn't move a muscle. Finn immobilizes Tretler with Hold Person, while Smiley knocks him unconscious, making sure not to mortally wound him. Foss ignores Karisu's warning and stands with both him and Groibel attacking him, both missing the Barbarian. Karisu responds in kind and knocks both out with a single attack each with his shark-jawed vicious glaive. With the three active guards unconscious, Sigmund finishes off the fight for good measure by sending Dubin into the prisoner cart using Vortex Warp. Finn Misty steps back out of the prisoner cart and the Demon Pounders discuss how best to proceed. Should they tie up the soldiers? Who of the prisoners should be released? Would it be better to rid themselves of the soldiers entirely, and attempt to deceive the Theolan army once they arrive in Lathan? This discussion goes on with all sides being taken by the young lions. After much deliberation, they finally settle on waking the guards, convincing them that the attack was their own fault, and to eventually attempt to have them release the prisoners. Finn makes it clear that he will not allow the child to remain chained in the prisoner cart, and before awaking the soldiers, he opens the cage and lets her out in the process discovering Dubin to have been knocked out by one of the prisoners while they were speaking. As Finn is releasing the young girl, the prisoners Gammon the Half-Elf and Took the Kenku try to demand Finn release them as well. However, Gammon is still gagged, and soon, Took is similarly silenced for being overtly annoying. Finn proceeds to ask the Dragonborn civilian Tress to watch after the young girl, whose name they learn to be Clific when he is unable to. As Finn previously sensed illusion magic on the Black Cart's horses, an enchantment affecting its driving soldier Dubin, the group resolves to investigate the cart before waking the soldiers. Approaching the cart, they recall the symbol of a Nonus Arcana member to have been hidden on the covering Black Tart. Knowing that each symbol is unique to a member, they compare it to the two that they know of. Neither the symbol of Fabricator Maeve Araldor nor overseeing occultist Iverius Ibn match that on the tart. Karisu puts forward his own knowledge of another symbol, that of Vale Warden Baharis Irafina. However, this too does not match. While the identity of the cart's owner is questioned, Smiley postulates on the meaning of the name known as Arcanum, the Ninth Magic. He wonders aloud what exactly this is to mean. Is the group looking for a Ninth School of Magic? Are they already practitioners of such a concept? Is the name merely indicative of their number? With these questions now floating among the group, 
Sigmund and Smiley back away from the carts, while Crisis, Finn, and Carisu make for the cart with Finn casting Detect Magic, which although revealing nothing magical on the cart, did alert him to the old woman being both under illusion and having something magical on her hands, along with the elven woman hiding something of evocation beneath her traveling cloak. Now even more curiosity is arising. The three uncover the black cart, removing its thick black tarp, which brings its shadow with it, apparently having been made from crow weave, a fabric which creates dense shadows around itself. Inside the cart are three barrels of void oil, one of the lids having been knocked loose at the same time as the tarp corner, along with four large crates, two of which being heavily padded and the other two strapped down separately from everything else to the cart itself. Already knowing the nature of void oil, and now discovering the crow weave tarp, which comes from crow moss, yet another rare natural resource. Crisis, Carisu, and Finn debate on whether or not they should open any further containers on this cart. Carisu and Finn do not need to deliberate for long, as they unstrap a crate and watch it begin to float gently above the cart floor. Intrigued further yet, they open the crate, releasing a number of large, porous obsidian rocks laced with gold veining to float into the air. To which, all three around the cart become weightless in suit due to the null rock contained in the crate. Quickly anchoring themselves, together they refasten the lid to the crate and the crate to the cart. With that experience behind them, they become more dubious at opening the padded crates, coming to the conclusion that they are best left undisturbed. The unconscious guards each start to come too, and Smiley and Carisu go to their aid to make sure they are relatively unharmed, and to trick them into believing the fight was their own fault, and not the group's. Smiley further converses with Trettler about the status of the prison cart, as the soldier reiterates that neither he nor the other soldiers knew there were prisoners inside. Smiley attempts to convince Trettler that the prisoners should be released, if not now, then before they arrive in Lathan. Despite his concern for the well-being of the prisoners, Trettler does not budge and will not relinquish his duties or go against his orders. The cart and the prisoners will be delivered as commanded. The consequences of his orders not being fulfilled, willingly or not, having much greater weight on him than Smiley's coercion. The young lions set back out on the road with Crisis and Smiley driving the black Nonus Arcanum cart. Travel continues uninterrupted until the convoy makes camp that night. Finn tries to bring up the magic sources on the old woman and elf, but they claim ignorance, or give obvious lies. Smiley tries to find out why the two have been so close throughout the convoy, hoping to find out why they were talking about him. The elf, whose name turns out to be Ophelia, says that they found connection through the fact that both are headed to see their sisters in Lathan. While not a bold-faced lie, Smiley does detect some hidden meaning behind her words. That night, once again near 3 in the morning, the watch shift notices Jakob, the undead man who has been following them and appearing every night. They also find yet another stick-crafted symbol of the Dabsul. The following day, travel progresses smoothly, with the caravan passing in and out of the deep gorges which carve through the Thial countryside. It is at the descent of one such gorge that the caravan finds itself faced with a thick red mist, which congeals itself into thicker structures resembling a vascular system. Faced with yet another natural hazard on this journey, the party quickly recognizes it to be blood mist, a substance which can dampen and even entirely halt healing magics and abilities. 
With no other path to be taken, the convoy goes down into the Gorge of Blood Mist. After carefully winding their way through the gorge for several minutes, the convoy comes to a stop as a figure stands in the middle of the narrow road blocking their path. A tan-skinned man with sharp features and a malformed arm that seems to undulate and writhe in unnatural ways. The man speaks to the party in Draconic, hissing his words in harsh syllables. The caravan are to lay down their arms, and submit willingly, for they are to be part of a greater purpose, one to honor the snake god of night and bring it into the mortal plane. At the mention of another snake god, the group realized this man is Yuan Ti, and his unnatural arm is in truth composed entirely of live snakes coiling around one another. Smiley and Crisis spot the movement of three more Yuan Ti at the top ridge of the gorge, positioned to surround the caravan. Clearly, if they do not submit to the Yuan Ti willingly, then they will have a fight on their hands. The group unanimously declines the Yuan Ti's offer for a merciful end, and combat begins. Smiley rushes to face off against the Yuan Ti pitmaster, blocking the road ahead of them. From above is a large creature with a humanoid upper body, the lower body of a serpent, and which is emanating heat from the inside out. Not a Yuan Ti, but a salamander. The fire elemental slides down the side of the cliff, landing beside Crisis, and the two begin to duel each other. Across the gorge, from where the salamander was hidden, emerges another creature of similar body, with a serpentine lower body and the upper body of a humanoid woman. This Yuan-T Nightmare Speaker casts a Witch Bolt aimed at Crisis, though the spell fails horribly. Kurisu enters a rage as waves of pulsating energy envelop him. Rushing up the side of the gorge to meet the last of their assailants, he comes face to face with a Yuan-T Abomination, yet another snake-bodied humanoid, though covered entirely in scales and bearing the head of a snake. Sigmund and Finn remain in the cart, with Sigmund releasing his cannon and Finn launching two Eldritch Blasts at the Nightmare Speaker. Smiley strikes the Pitmaster, dancing around the Yuan-T's attacks. However, a dart flies at him, striking him in the shoulder in a small burst of flame. Looking at the projectile's origin, Smiley sees a shadowy figure standing at the top of the gorge before it disappears. Crisis, locked in combat with the Salamander, lands several strikes with the Whip of Life-Stealing, but is damaged in return by the creature's heated body. The Elemental then further injures Crisis with its heated iron spear and its tail. In order to aid Crisis and take the creature out of the fight, Sigmund launches a Vortex Warp Grenade at the Salamander, which disappears and is teleported straight up into the air 90 feet. Noticing this death plummet set up, Smiley grapples the Pitmaster with his Mimic Rapier and begins to drag it towards where the Elemental had just been in an attempt to have both damaged in the fall. The Pitmaster severely injures Smiley as more darts are launched at him from atop the gorge, each originating from this mysterious shadow being apparating to attack Smiley only to disappear immediately after. The Nightmare Speaker invokes a nightmare on Crisis, and the kobold begins to see a nightmare illusion of an adventuring party, not his own, covered in blood and gore. Finn realizes what has been done and continues his attack on the Nightmare Speaker, his eldritch blasts impacting her and causing her to lose focus on her invocation, freeing Crisis in the process. Kurisu and the Abomination trade blows, the Janassi Barbarian recklessly swinging his blade on every attack, ripping deep gouges across the serpentine creature's body. And with each of the Yuan-T's strikes on Kurisu, bursts of kinetic force ricochet back against the Abomination. 
Crisis climbs up the ravine wall to avoid the falling salamander, while Smiley pushes the pitmaster into the plummeting creature's path. The salamander finally collides with the ground, but rather than crushing the pitmaster, it crashes into the prison cart cage, concaving it and setting the covering tarp ablaze. With Crisis and Smiley both heavily injured, Sigmund and Finn heal them despite the magic being diminished by the blood mist surrounding them. The Nightmare Speaker attempts to attack Finn, however, every one of the attacks misses, her spells going awry with each cast. With both the Pitmaster and Salamander being severely wounded, Crisis and Smiley team up to dispatch each creature in turn. All the while, more darts continue to strike Smiley one after another. Karisu, having taken on the Yuan-T Abomination alone, kills his foe and rushes at the remaining adversary, the Nightmare Speaker. However, together Sigmund and Finn are able to kill her from afar, and she falls off the cliffside, falling to a heap on the floor of the gorge. Their combat done, the young lions quickly go to the prison cart, and release the prisoners within as the cart burns down. The prisoners join the civilians, and the caravan rushes to be out of the blood mist gorge as quickly as possible, so that they may heal properly outside of its life-sapping essence. In the dash to the surface, Sigmund and Smiley overhear Ophelia and the old woman speaking together, with Smiley realizing they are speaking a mixture of Elvish and Thieves Cant. In their eavesdropping, they hear Ophelia tell the old woman to retreat as they failed to kill the half-elf, clearly referring to Smiley. The old woman, responding in a much younger voice than her appearance would suggest, says she will go meet with Denna and to find them both as soon as possible. She then immediately falls into the shadows of the cart and disappears. Still in a panicked rush to exit the blood mist, Smiley and Sigmund are unable to deal with these events immediately. Once out of the gorge and able to catch their breath, the group notice that they are almost at Lathan. If they continue at a decent pace, they may arrive in the city shortly after nightfall. However, the issue of the prisoners once again arises and the group are sent into debate as to how they are to handle the situation. Finn states that he wishes not to let any of the prisoners be handed over to the army once in Lathan, believing their arrests and punishments to have been unjust. Sigmund, on the other hand, says it is too much of a risk to them and the prisoners to release them right then, and that once inside the city, they may be able to find a better way of returning their freedom. The two begin a heated argument over the best course of action, as Smiley attempts to assuade each to come to see the other's point. Finn argues that the justice system is clearly corrupt, and that if they do not set these people free, they will be doomed to die in the Cliffkeep prison, regardless of their crimes, perceived or true. Sigmund rebuttals that even if they were to be set free immediately in order to avoid the Theolan army and their sentencing, the outback of this country is too dangerous right now, and they would die anyway. It is better to bring them into the city and to argue for their release and for them to be alive than to free them here and leave them to die at the hands of the Yuan-Ti. In a final immovable and aggressive point, Finn storms off in a rage, and Crisis follows after in order to calm him down and console him. Smiley remains with Sigmund and tells him that he is too hard on Finn. He is trying to do the right thing and thinks much more of the now than the future. Axel had been Finn's anchor and moral weight for so long that without him, Finn finds himself acting more and more brashly, despite his heart being in the right place. Sigmund solemnly tells Smiley that back in his old mercenary group, he had seen too many young men just like Finn, too many that he lost on the battlefield due to their brazen decisions. 
The two then decide that perhaps they should ask the prisoners themselves what their choice is in regards to their freedom. As they do, they realize that either in the rush of fleeing the blood mist or the ensuing debate among the group that Gammon, Took, and the old man Arn each fled the caravan and are nowhere to be seen, leaving only the young girl Clifik and Uvra the half-orc. Asking the only remaining prisoner, Uvra, what she wishes, she claims to have resigned herself to her fate and will not be fighting her sentencing to the Cliff Cape. During this, Krisu finds himself lured away from the caravan by Cliffic, who urges him out of sight. Once hidden from the eyes of the caravan, Cliffic's form shifts, revealing a still young girl, but with pale white skin and hair, her eyes a blank pale blue, her true form as a changeling. She tells Karisu that she is part of the Six Keys, the group who he is meant to meet with in Lathan. Showing him the tattoo of a stylized key and number six on her wrist, she proceeds to tell him that she was accidentally captured by the army while stealing food, and that they need to leave immediately so she can avoid the soldiers and bring him to the Six Keys in Lathan. Stunned by this revelation, Karisu doesn't know what to do, not wanting to abandon his newfound friends so soon, but having little other choice in order to fulfill his goals. He asks Clifik to wait just a little so he can tell the lions what is going on. Finding Crisis, who has just left Finn to be on his own a little and cool off some more, Crisu explains that he needs to leave right then and there, and that Clifik is safe with him. If they are ever in need in Lathan, they might be able to ask the Six Keys for aid, as he is in good standing with them, and they just need to say they are friends of his. Crisu bids a final farewell, hoping to see the group again in the future. With that, he leaves again to head for Lathan with his young guide to the Six Keys and the next step in his journey. A bit surprised by the sudden departure of Kurisu, Crisis goes to tell Sigmund and Smiley what just happened. Hearing this, they decide to camp out near Lathan rather than risk traveling at night, even if briefly. While setting up camp, Smiley heads over to Ophelia, playing coy and asking her to come with him some ways from the caravan, pretending to be attracted to her. With a wry smile, she follows him into the shadows of a nearby patch of trees. Smiley turns to confront the elf about her conversations with the old woman and them targeting him during the convoy, revealing that he had heard everything they said and knows they were retreating after failing to kill him. Ophelia gives another smile as flames burst from her fists. Thank you for listening to this episode of Caldercast. Today's episode featured Dan as Alaric Smiley Grin, Sadie Bennett as Finn Auschgear, Tanya as Crisis the Kobold, Kevin as Sigmund Drakram, and Sean as Dungeon Master, with special guest Matt as Karisu. If you enjoyed the episode, consider leaving us a like, comment, or review, as well as share the episode to help others find our podcast. If you want to know when new episodes come out, you can always follow us on Podbean, Spotify, Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, and Stitcher under Galdercast. You can also find us on Twitter at Galdercast for future episodes and possible channel updates, news, or other notifications. Thanks again, and we'll see all you crows in the next episode of our adventure.